0: Welcome to the I'm Done Apologizing podcast, where we're creating a community of women who advocate and empower. I'm Michelle, and I'm so glad you're joining us. If you've ever heard that girls or women can't be weak, or that you can't show emotions or feelings at work, this may be an episode you want to hang out for. This week, we're going to be talking about vulnerability, especially as it pertains to work. I remember as a young athlete that I was socially trained to be tough not show weakness don't cry don't show emotions other than um, excitement when you did well and maybe sometimes frustration when you didn't uh, on the court or on the field I also very vividly remember from my grad school days, and that says something because, you know, grad school is a hot second ago, where we were talking about in our first year uh, as grad students about how we weren't allowed or shouldn't be able to show weakness or cry or be vulnerable while at work. And that was a new concept for me, but I really remember taking that to heart as I had a conversation with a grad school classmate. And so as I was thinking about this topic for this episode... Um, I I started to dig into why do women view vulnerability as bad? And so, again, I was hanging out with my friend Amy Morin in 13 Things Mentally Strong Women Don't Do. And some of the things that she had shared in her chapter on vulnerability was that weakness uh, is sometimes seen as a disadvantage. Right. So if we show weakness at work as a woman, um, it's a disadvantage um, that it's unprofessional and manipulative sometimes, right? Especially when you think about crying or tears. And she also said that it makes others uncomfortable. And I started to really think about that and unpack that a little bit in some of my personal examples, which we'll get to here in a minute. But wow, like, Yes, it makes other people feel uncomfortable. And then, um, you know, this goes back to perfectionism just a bit, but the fear of making mistakes also is another reason why women aren't vulnerable at work, um, maybe sometimes even in their personal life. So I think it's uh, really interesting that those pieces, those traits, those characteristics, those um, how we bring ourselves to work, that that is uh those are those are perceived as bad so a couple of examples that i wanted to share personal examples as i was reading through the book um i just some of these examples very real very recent examples happened so um earlier this semester so i work on a college campus we're in a semester system earlier this semester i was doing a work from home day a scheduled work from home day and um had a day full of meetings and i think that week i just had enough for whatever reason i was struggling i work woke up with anxiety i powered through our morning routine but really was not shaking the anxiety and the feeling of it and so um really contemplated taking a mental health day which i do when i feel this way um you know it's not frequent but i do recognize when it's time to take a mental health day and i am not afraid to do that um, but for whatever reason on that day i said no and you need to and i need you to power through and be honest with your colleagues and your coworkers. And there were a couple of meetings in the afternoon that I had shared or that I normally would facilitate. And I shared with um, the one constant person through the three different meetings that, i was just struggling with anxiety and asked if that person could take the lead on facilitating those conversations by monthly meeting. so it was a regular conversation with regular folks not a new meeting not new conversation or topic and that person agreed and i was grateful for that and it gave me the opportunity to really just sit back and be present at the meeting but not have to lead or facilitate and so um Shortly after that we had our uh, women uh, group that we've been having since October or so and um, we were talking about self-care during that time and I brought up that I um, you know I was struggling that day and that I was um, open and honest with others about my anxiety and someone brought up a really good point that I hadn't thought about but Being able to advocate for yourself through anxiety um, or uh, moments of anxiety is a really powerful thing to be able to do. It is not easy to do. And so um, as I sat back and I... Thought about that a little bit more. I thought, wow, I put myself out there. I shared that I was struggling with my anxiety that day. I could have easily taken a mental health day. Again, I'm not advocating that if you don't feel like you can be present at work or wherever that day, take care of yourself first and foremost. But if you do feel like you can be present at work, it just may need to look a little bit different. You know, if you can advocate for yourself or have someone advocate for you on your behalf, um, that was a very empowering moment and day for me to be able to say, yeah, this is how I'm showing up today and I'm here and I'm present but i'm i'm struggling today and so you know in those moments of vulnerability i think it was really important for me to just make sure the folks knew and the folks around me knew and when i was done with meetings that day I called it quits a little bit early because i just needed to do that and the next day i was able to spring back and Be back in a good headspace and be back in a good workspace. So, um, being able to take that time really was beneficial for me. Um, Another thing is crying at work, right? So, um, gosh, it's so taboo to cry at work, Uh, or so we have been socialized and trained is to not cry at work. And for the longest time, that is how I felt. And then I started. Uh, really following some women who are more seasoned in their careers and their vulnerability on social media helped me understand it is okay to cry at work. It is okay. Now, um, I'm not talking about white women tears. I'm not talking about being manipulative with your tears and your crying. But if you know why you cry, Uh, If you know when or what triggers the tears, I think that that's really powerful to be able to share with those around you and to share with supervisors, maybe when those tears may present themselves. So for me, I uh, tend to cry when I'm really frustrated or when I... um, When I just can't – I don't feel the respect maybe that uh, I have earned or I deserve in my position. And so – There was a time recently in a supervisor's office where it was a male supervisor and he said, "Um, it's fine, tears don't work on me. And I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, these tears are because I'm frustrated and I don't know any other way to express myself in this moment. And um, he quickly understood that uh, because when he said tears don't work on me, um, that triggered me to say, it sounds like right in my head that he's been manipulated in the past by tears. And he needed to know that that is not how my tears work. My tears work because I'm not able to clearly articulate um, in moments when I am frustrated or feeling taken advantage of or feeling misunderstood. And so it was important for me to name that with my supervisor. I also several summers ago um, uh, had an afternoon where I was crying in my office and we had a summer intern and her cubicle workspace was just outside of my office. And I know she heard the sniffling that was happening. Um, you know, because I saw her kind of glance over her shoulder a couple times, uh, during that day. And so, the next day I called her into my office and I just wanted to say, hey, I just want to let you know that this is not taboo. It is okay to cry at work. And I'm going to, you know, not necessarily tell you why I was crying, but going to tell you that sometimes you got to find the space, the time, the, um, the people around you to cry and let those kinds of things out. And so, um, you know, that was really important for me to share with a young professional, a rising professional, that it's okay and um it's okay if you need to do it as well so so a couple tools that uh i wanted to share some that i have worked on myself some that i read in the book are practice right so it is not easy to be vulnerable and i think that as i have advanced in my career i have shared less with colleagues i have shut down faster um, because of my vulnerability and so I think it's important that we continue to practice. So, some of the ways you can do that is speak up, um, you know, share your successes or opportunities on social media. Uh, it was scary 11 weeks ago to share that I was starting a podcast, and I was so grateful for the outpouring of love that I got, but that was scary, and that was a very vulnerable moment, moment for me. Um, try something new, even if you know you might fail right? Um, apply for that position or put your name in for committee work or professional development opportunities. Um, try something new. Um, I'm going to go back to one of our earlier podcasts, sing your own praises, right? That is a vulnerable moment of being able to speak up uh, for yourself or on behalf of yourself. But make sure you're singing your own praises. And if you want some practice with that, every Friday over on Instagram, we are singing our own praises. And I encourage you to jump in there and sing your own praises if you need practice in a safe space and then another uh, another tool another practice is to network Uh, ask someone that you may not normally interact with for coffee or a virtual coffee or to um, you want to do an informational interview with them and learn more about their journey make sure you're networking and putting yourself out there so um wanted to just share and wrap up in closing here a a quote that I loved from the book um so this was a moment when she was giving an example about a woman who was approaching daycare provider about something that was going on at daycare, and this really resonated with me not just because of the daycare thing but because I tend to get angry before i um before I uh, that's my first reaction to a lot of things, right? Um, and so instead, it says when you feel hurt, avoid jumping to conclusions and lashing out in anger. Take a deep breath and make a conscious effort to be more vulnerable. And what she means by that is to ask questions, to have the hard conversations, um, to put yourself out there if you're feeling some kind of way about things or if it's impacting you in a certain way. And so um, when I read that, that one hit home for me because that is a time for vulnerability when I don't really think about it in that way. And so that is something that I'm going to continue to work on as I move through and, and practice my own vulnerability. I want to encourage you to find your circle of trust to practice in. Again, if you need some practice, um, hit me up in the DMs of Instagram or on Facebook if you follow me there. Um, or, you know, find your circle of trust at work or in your friends or your mom's circle, whatever that is, but try that practice. Um, I encourage you to sit with the discomfort. Again, a lot of this is about being uncomfortable and working through the discomfort. Uh, and so if it's uncomfortable for you, if it's really, really uncomfortable for you, probably not ready for it. But if it's only just a little bit uncomfortable, if it makes your heart beat just a little bit faster, I encourage you to dive in to, to sit with the discomfort. And one thing that I want to start doing is at the end of my podcasts to connect it back to this. This title and the name of the podcast. And so I'm gonna encourage you to continue um, some of these mantras, but I leave you with this. I'm done apologizing for being vulnerable. So join me in this intention. Set your intentions if you feel like vulnerability is a weak spot, is a tough place for you to be. Join me in saying, I'm done apologizing for being vulnerable go out there do amazing things you're doing great stuff already go be your most vulnerable authentic truest self you got this Thank you for coming along on this journey with me. If you enjoy this topic and know other women who will benefit from this conversation, please pass this along to them. I would also be most appreciative if you hit the subscribe button on your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to join me on Instagram at at Thank you for listening. And remember, you are fabulous. You are a badass. You got this, and I'm here for you.